Hello, welcome to Boss Rush Games Podcast Women in Gaming Panel. I'm your host, Celeste Roberts from Another Zelda Podcast, and joining me tonight are Boss Rush Games producer Corey Deering. Hello. I'm so glad you're hosting. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awkward if I was hosting this all women's panel, but yeah. <laughs> Game streamer, fiction writer, and Resident Evil fangirl Nelly. Hello. Another Zelda podcast contributing writer, Mass Effect lover, and author MJ Kuhn. Hello! <laughs> Community developer for Rose City Games, Garden Story, and Floppy Nights, and game streamer, Kim Chica. Hi! <laughs> and White Thorn Games community manager, Alice in Bee Simulator, and streamer, BU of BU TV. Hi, everybody! Well, thank you all for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to have you. This is probably the first time we've all met. It, it, not probably, it is the first time, but outside <laughs> of Twitter. And we're so happy to have you. Boss Rush Games has held a few panels to give groups of people a voice, including Black Lives Matter and Pride panels. And now we want to give women in gaming a chance to talk about their experiences and their love for what I call virtual storybooks, video games. So... We've connected over our love of storytelling and, of course, gaming, and we'll let our panelists take a few moments to introduce themselves to you guys. So please tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how long you've been gaming, your top three favorite games, anything you'd like to say. So we'll start with you, Nellie. Sure. Again, I'm Nellie. Nice to meet everyone. I am from Chicago, Illinois. I currently live in Kissimmee, Florida. I am a college student at Valencia College. And as far as my top three video games, that's kind of dangerous. Picking <laughs> your favorite it. kids. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, this could change at any moment. Um, so let me get back to that question. Uh, I've been gaming since <laughs> I can remember. My first game is Captain Skyhawk from the original Nintendo. Top three games. Uh, let's see. I like The Sims. Yes. Of course, Resident Evil 2. I see some sound lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this could change, but I'm going with Splatoon 2. <laughs> wow. I heard that's a lot of fun. I need to play it. Yes. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you so much. All right. And we'll go to you, MJ. Guys, um, I well, my real name is Mallory, but I go by MJ in print and like in all corners of the internet. Um, so that's what you'll find me under. I have been gaming. Well, okay. So I didn't actually own any sort of gaming equipment for like a really long time. Um, but I would go, you know, play Harvest Moon at my friend's house or, you know, Perfect Dark at my cousin's house, which sorry, mom, I wasn't supposed to play it, but I did. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> whoops. And then, uh, like, you know, my sister and I were obsessed with um, Age of Empires. I don't know if you guys ever played like that old mm, PC yes. game. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Adventure Quest, like Battleon.com, if anyone played that yeah. old RPG. Wow. <laughs> I played that game to absolute death. Um, but I didn't actually get a system until the GameCube. 
So <laughs> I was very behind as far as that goes. Um, and then I didn't get a non-Nintendo system until I was married. So we registered for an Xbox 360, just kind of like, <laughs> oh, a, I love it. Ha-ha, like who's going to get us an Xbox for our wedding? And like, thank you to my husband's friend, Doug. He came through and he bought us a freaking Xbox. So <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, top three games. I'm with Nelly. This is so hard. This is so hard because it will probably change tomorrow if you ask me. Um, but today, if I have to go like perennial favorites. I'm going to say Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Mm. I'm going to say Mass Effect 2 because, you know, Mass Effect fangirl, I have to have at least one of the games <laughs> in my top three. Got to represent. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. It'd be weird if I didn't. Uh, and then number three today, I'm going to say Tomb Raider, the one that came out in 2013, the first one. So, well, not the mm. first one, but the first the one re- in the new series. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. And I did not know you could register for game systems. So that's something to keep in mind. Right? Register at Target. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) It's all possible. (laughs) All right, Kim Chica, how about you? Yeah. So, hi, I'm Kim Chica. Um, I also, my real name is Jenny's, but online it's, you know, the handle pretty much. Uh, And I am the, I, as of like, yesterday so this is like super fresh news um i am the communications manager now at rose city games instead of community developer so that was like yeah like mini promotion there which has been really fun um and i uh, oh gosh how long have i been playing games i've been playing games forever like growing up that's what my brother and I did to bond we weren't really outdoorsy kids (laughs) we like to stay at home and read and play games um and top three favorite games oh that is rough um same caveats I think that everyone has already said before it's like ask me later and who knows what I'll say but right now in this moment I'd have to say I love that Harvest Moon was mentioned Harvest Moon back to nature PlayStation 1 like that was my favorite um and I'd say Journey, which is an Annapurna title that like has new life right now because it just got re-released on Steam, which is really cool. And then I'd have to say, oh, I really love JRPGs and like the Final Fantasy franchise. So I would have to go with Final Fantasy VIII, which is maybe a controversial pick. I know a lot of people really don't mess with Final Fantasy VIII, but it is my favorite. So I'll go with that one. It's okay. You are allowed to like whatever you like if it brings you happiness. <laughs> exactly. That's what I <laughs> And say. it is really one of the better ones. I think people are sleeping on Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, I, I've never played any Final <laughs> Fantasy games. I need to. They're wonderful. <laughs> I need to play them. All right. Thank you so much, Kim Chica. And what about you, BU? Hey, I'm on BU. Um, I'm a full-time streamer and community manager for Whitethorn Digital. I've been gaming since I was probably six or seven. My step-grandfather had a computer. He was a doctor and he had a computer, but he would buy games for me and my brother to play. And we'd play things like the Magic School Bus. Uh, So that was like my first introduction to to gaming. And then um, our first console was a 3DO. Me, Me and my brother played a lot of games together. Uh, a 3DO and an NES. So I grew up on those nice. basically up until the GameCube came out. I was like all these old school systems and games. Um, my top three games, I would have to say number one is Curse of Monkeys Island. It's a point and click adventure. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite from um, 
LucasArts, and then um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I put way too many hours <laughs> gaming with my friends online. And then, um, hmm. Oh, I had a third one. Oh, um, Majora's Mask is my favorite Zelda game. That one's up there. And then yeah. Bubble Bobble. I'm going to add a fourth one. Bubble Bobble is an <laughs> NES game that me and my brother played a whole bunch together. And uh, I, I really... That one's special too, so. That's okay, I just put three as an arbitrary number because it reminds me of the Triforce. It's all right, don't feel bad. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I've been playing games since I was about three because I would come home from preschool and my dad would set up our NES and we'd play original Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt, that cartridge, the combo mm -hmm. cartridge. And that dog irritated the life out of me. And I remember playing like a Sesame Street counting game. I yes. would really like, yes, yeah, it's Grover. Yeah, it had Grover and Space and Ernie was a magician. He had to match the shapes <laughs> and colors. And I would really like to get into streaming so I can figure out a way to stream that and see if other people. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would so watch, watch that. <laughs> Well, girl, you can add at 31. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. You've, you've graduated elementary school. <laughs> gosh, my I can't believe I did this to myself with the top three favorite games. Oh, it's coming back to bite me. I would have to say, and again, it could change. Twilight Princess is probably my favorite Zelda. Resident Evil 2, it was the first Resident Evil game I played. And my favorite one, Claire Redfield, is my favorite heroine of all time. And I'd have to say number three, because my jaw dropped while playing it, what remains of Edith Finch? <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh, mm -hmm. Like I, if that, that's another episode <laughs> of this podcast, but I <laughs> have read up on theories, essays, just beautiful game. Absolutely stunning. So thank you guys so much for taking the time again to be here tonight and let people get to know you. So we're going to talk about just variety of topics and we can go off course a little bit it, wherever the road takes us for this. This is about your experiences with gaming, storytelling, and even being um, a female gamer because I think it hasn't been my experience, but I have heard from a lot of other female gamers, it kind of felt like a boys club in some ways. And I, maybe with some communities and certain games, it's felt that way. So we can talk about that as well. So here's one topic we can get started with. Let's start with storytelling in games. So which games really showed you how powerful this particular medium is in conveying a story? Novels and movies, TV shows, they're, they're awesome. Plays are fantastic. They all serve a great creative purpose, but there's something really special about video games. So who wants to go first? Is there a certain I'll game go, like if we don't mind me jumping back on the Mass Effect train again. <laughs> it's going to be a different, you know, you guys are going to get annoyed with me beating this drum, I'm sure. But <laughs> but no, for real. It's a great game. It is so good. It is such a good series. Like, I am obsessed with it. I've probably played the series through, let's just say I skip a lot of new games because I've just been playing Mass Effect <laughs> over and over again. Uh, but I'm going to talk about Mass Effect 3 in particular. And I know, Celeste, you haven't played this game yet and you expressed interest. So I'm going to do my best to do this without spoilers. Okay. <laughs> but 
there is a character well there's a lot of characters that die spoiler it's like a war game but um there's one in particular i'm thinking of that dies so the whole premise of mass effect is that you make decisions and the decisions that you make throughout the games impact that game and the future games in the franchise so if someone dies in mass effect 2 guess who is not on your team in mass effect 3 sorry um so there is a particular character that dies in three that you can save only if you make a series of just awful decisions in the first two games like you just have to make terrible decisions for the world (laughs) in order like i googled how to save this guy because i was so upset (laughs) um and it's just to me and it also like the more you interact with the character you like unlock like certain things so in order to unlock just the most like gut-wrenching death sequence for this character you have to like talk and get the relational points way up for him so i think that you can't get that really directly in any other medium right where like me as the gamer i chose to invest my time as my commander shepherd in this guy and like pour my heart into this fictional friendship with these pixels on my screen (laughs) just to have my heart ripped out of my chest um yeah so that's that's my answer Oh my gosh. Nice. I need to play it. You do. Well, thank you, Um, MJ. Kim Chica, what about you? Yeah, well, I'm so happy that you brought up What Remains of Edith Finch. (laughs) Because when I think of um, what games can uniquely do compared to some other mediums and what where games like really have allowed me to like explore storytelling in a new way, um, What Remains of Edith Finch does that like impeccably. I don't want to spoil again. It's so hard because part of like (laughs) what makes a lot of the narratives compelling requires you to say perhaps what specifically happens. And I don't want to do that for anyone who hasn't played because part of the like the chills that I got when I played it was because I had no idea what I was going into. But I think what, what remains of Edith Finch did that a lot of games do but not to this extent was immerse you in a world and put you in the shoes of one character in particular where you know exactly what's going to happen and you don't want to progress forward but to progress the game you you have to and I think that level of immersion was something that what remains of Edith Finch did so so beautifully and like heartbreakingly well um yes. but I I also thought about um like how games can be, you know, and not unlike other mediums, but games can provide really unique ways of exploring stories um, like Piku Niku, which is this indie game that came out a couple of years ago, I think, not too long ago, um, where it's this really comical story and really playful story, but at its core, there's a really deeper message to it um, that addresses like capitalism and like gentrification to some extent. And I think game. it's, yeah, and it's really <laughs> neat to see um, games as a medium starting to explore like balancing like a sense of whimsy and exploration and play with these more serious topics. And I find that really exciting. Yeah. With regarding what remains of Edith Finch, when the second Gregory's story opened, I, my heart sank. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. It's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. It's not violent. It's just, it's a nice little literary discussion. (laughs) with that one like it all right BU what about you (laughs) so I didn't know which game to pick but I think I want to start with um 
Fatty Bear's birthday party. That was one of, it, it's a game geared towards children. And it's one of the very early games I remember playing on my 3DO that had a story. And I played this game over and over again. Um, it's about a little stuffed animal bear and his human is her birthdays the next day. And he goes on this little adventure. It's like a point and click adventure where he has to make her a birthday cake. And um, <laughs> so there's cute. all kinds of little things. He's got this little dog that's always causing mischief and stuff. And I, I liked, I, I, as a kid, I just really liked that there was like this story that you could kind of play and like you, I think you could get slightly like different like results and stuff. You could, like decorate the cakes and things. And, um, and that game w went along with like Freddy Fish and, and Putt Putt. And they had all these really simple, simple stories that kids could enjoy and you could interact with, with your environment. And I really like being able to click on things and they all do something different and silly. Um, so it was kind of like my early, early childhood getting into uh, story driven games. Oh my gosh. Okay. That sounds like Winnie the Pooh. Yes. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's I need to play sweet. this. I'm going to get that from you. You're going to send me the link later so I can play it. <laughs> yes, I think they're still on Steam, so. Thank you so much. Well, what about you, Nelly? Do you have a game in mind? I do. Um, I've recently played Detroit Become Human. And it is also a game where your decisions determine your character's fate. And to me, that just touched me because it took gaming to a whole nother level for me because mm -hmm. it's like, if I make one tiny mistake, I could just ruin the whole game, get a bad ending or whatnot. But it also touches on real life events for me, you know, as far as prejudice and like terrorism and just all around problems of real life. So I really love that game. I, I got teary-eyed playing it a few times. Oh. I'm like, oh my God, was that the right thing to do? Oh my God, did I do that right? Did I do that wrong? So I just connected with like all the characters. I'm like, wow, I feel like if I play a game, it needs to change my life in some way, some mm -hmm. form. So I love Detroit Become Human. I think I think what you're expressing and, and what we've all kind of expressed is games kind of get validation to experiences in real life. It helps us feel not so alone, which books can and movies can too, the different themes. But with video games, it's like, it's taking your hand and saying, come on this journey with me. Don't just be a passive observer. I want you to guide me. And oh, I, I think a cool example would be Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem, because- Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I guess I think of that because Growing up, you know, in high school, I was that girl who was, I majored in English, but I was that girl in high school who was like, oh, Edgar Allan Poe is so cool. He's so goth. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> Telltale heart. Yes, please. Follow we should have hung out in high school. <laughs> yes, I was. Amy, Amy Lee was my idol. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but Eternal Darkness, to actually to take inspiration from Lovecraft and to see that come to life made it even more horrifying. Because you have these images in your head. And for example, when I was reading Frankenstein, his the descriptions of what he was doing when he was creating his creature, I did feel kind of terrified when I was reading that novel. But in a game like Eternal Darkness, to see 
things right before your eyes and to kind of like Edith Finch to know that most of these characters have a pretty bad fate awaiting them and there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to be there for the ride. It's like those, it's like a haunted house almost here. You're stuck in there <laughs> unless you go through one of the emergency exits like I have done before. In a haunted house. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm a weenie. Do you guys do haunted houses or any kind of like nope. scary mazes? <laughs> Never did one. No, nope. I still want to. <laughs> oh, well, get your cousin to take you to some in New Orleans. They, I think they have one called Mortuary, and I think they can touch you if you sign a waiver. But oh my gosh, no, because I would probably accidentally punch them. Or yes, well, that's whatever. I was gonna say. My sister used to put on haunted houses for me and my friends when we were kids. And we got banned from doing it when I got scared and socked her in the nose. And then we weren't allowed to play that anymore. <laughs> so that's why I'm always like, uh-uh. I know my fight or flight leans toward fight and I'm too small for that. <laughs> no, they, they had a, a clown that looks like it get into my face. And I was nope. like, nope. where's that oh, exit? No. Um, Wise decision. <laughs> I didn't finish that that walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but speaking of storytelling, this just came to my to my mind. What do you guys think about virtual reality gaming? Do any of you own any VR sets? Or I do, but I don't use it too much, mostly because I'm very lazy and don't want to plug it all in. <laughs> same, <laughs> but, same. Um, what is it? I, speaking of VR, that reminds me of one game that was like it wasn't multi-sensory because it's not activating any additional senses, but, um, and it's a game that I don't think is in VR, but maybe should be. And that's uh Hellblade Senua Sacrifice. Um, that one was one that now I'm thinking also was really powerful in terms of storytelling and doing something that you can't experience necessarily in movies um, to the extent that the game provided, because in that game, which has a really amazing like a female protagonist, she grapples with mental illness and hears voices in her head. And so as a player playing head with headphones, um, you can hear the voices uh, come and go. And as you play this character and solve puzzles and like go on the journey. And that was a game that I remember playing. It's really intense. I would definitely maybe read a little bit before going into it. Um, but I remember wanting that to be in VR because I felt like that would have been an incredible experience if it's not. I, I do believe it is in VR. Is it? Okay. I, yes. I, when I was playing it, I was like, this should be this should be a VR game. Um, and Definitely. bringing that up reminded me about that. That's cool. Are, are there any games? Now that's making me think, are there any games that you guys would like to see in VR? Nelly, any that you think would be a cool experience that way? Uh, probably, I might fall backwards. I want to see Resident Evil in a VR. <laughs> I think they did do Resident <laughs> Evil 7 in VR, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I haven't played any VR games. So I probably, like I said, I'll probably fall backwards on, <laughs> on the floor or something. <laughs> I, I've just played the demo of that game. I own it, but I just played the demo. And when the mannequins, when I turned around and the mannequins were not in the same place, I was like, oh, it's that oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's no, going to that, that level. <laughs> yeah. It's very different from the 1998 version. <laughs> it had a glow up as the kids. <laughs> yes. 
What about you, BU? Um, I do have a VR headset, but I've used it very little. Um, I think I played a Batman game and then like a bunch of demos, but it was the, I remember one game in particular, I can't remember the name of it. It was like matchstick girl or something along those lines. And it was a story game that you were just in a VR and you're observing the environment and the story as it happens. And it was just, it's so, it's such an immersive feeling to be in VR because you can get close up to the characters and see different angles and things. Um, and then like the Batman game, yeah, they're like in your face and, and you know, just looking around and stuff. It's, it's pretty wild. Uh, if I could pick a game to put in VR, uh, definitely any Zelda game. I, I, I think it'd be oh, awesome to be, be Link or, or whatever. So maybe, maybe the next one, something like Breath of the Wild would be just a super intense in VR. Oh, be oh awesome. man, climbing a tree is Link. Because oh. <laughs> I can't do it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> down off like cliffs and stuff would be crazy. Like soaring at Disney World or Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What oh, I just got on that like oh. the end of last year too. <laughs> oh, you just got on soaring? Yeah. Yeah, the ride. Is it scary? Yes. No, but I really don't like heights. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So <laughs> I would be the same. I would be the same. Like <laughs> And my coworkers, they were looking at me and I'm reading the signs. And they was like, are you excited? I'm like, hold on. <laughs> you are afraid. I don't get on it. But you were brave enough to see it through anyway. Yeah, it was fun, though. <laughs> I would like to do it again. I like Tower of Terror. I don't I don't know if. Um, oh, and it's like, no, no way. <laughs> to be fair, last time I was on it, I was literally six years old. So maybe oh. grown up Mallory should give it a shot. But <laughs> six year old me was not in. <laughs> well, what what do you think about VR? Is there a game you have in mind? You want to see Mass Effect in VR? So, okay, here's the thing. I, a, I've never played a VR game ever. So I don't actually really know fully like how it would feel. Um, but this may win me some hate. I do not like first person anything. I If I cannot switch to a third person view, I will not buy a game. Like you'll catch me in GameStop, like with my phone out Googling <laughs> to see if there's a third person setting for some of the games. And if I can't third person, I hate first person. Um, so I can't imagine enjoying VR all that much. <laughs> Ooh, so this, this brings up an interesting point regarding storytelling. Do you have a preference for first person versus third person view? Does oh, affect- like in writing? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> okay. It's just I think I'm just like yeah. straight up. I think I'm not coordinated enough to like understand the like mechanics. And also I like to cheat. I like to see the enemies coming from behind me. Um, so. Yes. Yes. I could, <laughs> so I could see third that. person for life. <laughs> I think I, w- I would like to see a walking simulator in VR. I, I know it, it would be first person, which would be a little jarring, especially if something is coming up behind you, but the walking simulators I've played are all about exploration. I haven't played any where someone comes to attack you. I haven't played Soma, but I, I heard that there's some uh, scary stuff in there. If you guys played that one. Mm-hmm. There's there's um, a little bit of some jump scares a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh not too gosh. bad, but it's very, it's eerie in a few places. Yeah. Can you imagine that though with your VR headset or I could just picture my boyfriend coming up behind me and like touching my shoulders or something <laughs> in real life where I like jump out of my skin. Oh gosh. That's I've seen so videos like that too. Oh, oh yeah. Like those people who dress up to like 
different like inanimate characters and when people walk up to them they, they jump <laughs> oh yeah Mm-mm. i've seen them they, uh do the uh roller coaster vr and like they'll push them forward and i'm like why would you do that that is so mean <laughs> right oh that's horrible that's just that is. <laughs> like if you're and i'm like well, yeah like what if you're on a cliff or something <laughs> oh <laughs> on, the, on the edge of it that would be that'd be cool i is there a game whose storytelling made it to where it was like a book that you couldn't put down? Was there ever a game who had your full attention? You were like, you know, I really have other stuff I need to be doing in my real life, but this game, I cannot put it down. Yeah. It's the Sam's really. <laughs> oh yeah. The Sims is a good one. That's an interesting part of, of storytelling because you're, you're playing God basically with these characters and, mm-hmm. So are you, do you guys like to, I'm someone, whenever I play a game, I, I do the benevolent choices. I cannot stand inflicting pain, even on completely fictional characters, including my Sims. Or do you guys like to unleash some chaos because you're like, I can't do this in real life. So I'm going to murder my Sim or I'm going to pick the evil choice in this video game. I do it um, a lot. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. You're fine. Oh, I don't do it in the Sims, but I do it in like GTA. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like oh, if yeah. you're playing GTA and you're just like following all the rules, you're playing GTA wrong, though. <laughs> yes. Oh my like, gosh, I'm so that person. Light, though. Oh, no. <laughs> Let me stop oh. until it's green. Yes, I think that's why GTA. I like video games, though. Yeah. I, I really like video games because I can do things in video games that I can't do in real life, so... <laughs> Yeah, you haven't murdered anyone that I know of. So no. <laughs> <don't think> that- <laughs> it's like, why would I want to do that, to be honest? Because I'm like, there's no Xbox or PlayStation or Switch in jail. So. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's, <laughs> Get That's our motivation. <laughs> and play video games in jail. God, remind, when you said that, it reminds me of the Golden Girls where Blanche was talking about not wanting to go to prison or she was thinking that she could handle it. And Rose was like, you don't understand. It's going to be a women's prison, <laughs> not a with men, because she loves men so much. <laughs> yeah, I love going girls. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. What about you, Kimchika? Is there, um, I forgot the question. <laughs> oh, the, the moral choice. <laughs> I was thinking about the Sims. <laughs> I well it's funny because y'all are like yo I played GTA to do all the bad things and I'm absolutely like the first thing I did when I was playing GTA was like let me follow like what happens if you follow the traffic laws like can you play this without killing anyone (laughs) or being rude um yeah my my inclination like 100% of the time is usually to do like the nice things first and then I'll I'll go back and replay and explore like the mean options or the evil choices um absolutely and like in the sims there have absolutely been days where my poor sims have met my wrath because I just wasn't having a good day but um (laughs) yeah I feel like I'm definitely the like what is it I lean toward the the good lawful good (laughs) lawful good gamer (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny because it's like okay i can't i can't take this out on anyone in real life so my sims will get to have child services called (laughs) and then i'm gonna trap that woman in the baby in a little room that she can't get out 
no. <laughs> Be you. You have one in mind, or you have like, an have, opinion about that? I have two, actually. Um, so I'm usually making the good choices and, and trying not to hurt anyone. But when I played Untitled Goose Game, the game is all about creating chaos. <laughs> no. and the cast, like wholesome, harmless chaos. <laughs> but it's so cute. So I had a lot of fun just uh, just harassing the little boy and, you know, untying his shoes and chasing him into the phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> um, unleashing a little chaos. And then my second one is a little bit more deeper. Um, Whitethorn is publishing a game called We Should Talk, and I'm not trying to, like, plug, plug our games or anything. But That's okay. We Should Talk is a, okay. a narrative-driven title where you're in your favorite local bar, and it's about the conversations you have with people around you and your relationship with your girlfriend. And you're texting her and... And she's like, hey, when you come in home, like I made dinner and um, you get to, you have this little um, scroll wheel where you can construct your sentences instead of picking A, B or C or whatever. So you have to really think about your words. So the first time I played through, I played through in a way that I would with my relationship and the people at the bar. And, you know, I had a pretty decent ending and everything went well. And then we played through it again. It's very short playthroughs. And I was like, okay, I'm going to play through and be really mean to my girlfriend and like flirt with people at the bar and do all this stuff. And it was such like a, a, a deep experience and like playing it on stream and people like watching me make these decisions and like talking through like, you know, just the, it made me feel really weird. It made me really tense and like uncomfortable. And it was uh, really cool though to explore that mindset though of like, I'm kind of like hitting on these people at the bar, but my girlfriend's like super dedicated to me and I'm kind of brushing her off and, you know. Um, so it was a, a really unique experience to kind of play against what you normally would. That is cool. Mm -hmm. Please remind us when that game comes out because that yeah. sounds amazing, please. Soon, very soon. <laughs> Will do. How about you, MJ? Or do you like to take the violent road? Do you like to... <laughs> people on the top of the head <laughs> what kind of vibe am i giving off no um <laughs> so i usually do pick the nice choices in general i i try so again mass effect drum because it's just the best example because you get to pick your personality in three you're just like building up your reputation in general of charisma so like whether you do good things or bad things it like just all contributes to one bar in two you kind of have to pick one whether you're going to be just like a total douchebag or like a total knight in shining armor and i can never I always want to try to be the like renegade option where, you know, you're just kind of like tough talking. I'm a loose cannon. Uh, but there's just some decisions I just can't do. Like there's a part where like you literally like there's a person like bleeding out in a hallway and you have like a med pack and you have to just be like, mm, sucks to be you. And I, I can't do it. Like I physically can't. I have never made the decision to do that no matter what else I'm doing. So I guess in, in general, <laughs> I have to be the nice guy to a point what you mean except in um a plague tale innocence i don't know if any of you guys have played that mm -hmm. one where <sighs> she starts off very innocent and then you have a choice whether or not you want to kill some of the bad guys they're in a very vulnerable spot so you are you have all the power it's up to you whether you want to murder them and i did <laughs> just <laughs> like what, what the heck <laughs> They, they've uh, tortured my family and brought all this peril to the kingdom. They can, they can feel a little bit of my wrath. 
right there. <laughs> like it. These are some really great answers. And so that leads us to our, our next topic of discussion. So female characters. So if you've been playing games for a while, especially in the early days, the trope was damsel in distress a lot of times. It's been that way probably since Donkey Kong with Pauline and Mario when he was called Jumpman. And I didn't, I didn't mind that when I was a kid. It, it didn't really occur to me. But I do remember thinking, even as a young child, gosh, I would love to play as Princess Toadstool at least once sometimes. Or I'd like to play as Zelda. I'm still waiting for that. I, does anybody want to play as Zelda? Or mm-hmm. are you more in favor of always playing as Link? <laughs> I do. Don't or why that. does the hero have to be incarnated in a dude's body? Why can't the hero just be a lady? All right. <laughs> exactly. I guess I mean she has the game named after her, so I guess that's something. <laughs> but I I remember Dixie Kong was one of my first experiences playing as a female character and it blew my mind and I thought she was so cool with her ponytail she had to me that was stronger than Diddy and Kitty Kong's abilities in those games so this does not have to be a protagonist it can be a villain a side character an NPC have there been any female characters in gaming that have really influenced you that you're playing the game and you thought hmm, you really stick out to me you're really cool it or Oh, you're evil, but there's a je ne sais quoi about you. Um, my first one would probably be Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Uh, way back at the beginning, the first two, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I like that she was the, the main character and she had her guns and like mm-hmm. was just super athletic and going through these tombs and, and fighting dragons and stuff. Um, I remember picking that one up though at a game store because the um, the game the guy running the game store was like talking to my dad like your kids are too young you should get this other game and <laughs> I don't know how old I was I was probably maybe twelve maybe I don't I don't know um, but we ended up getting it anyway and uh, me and my brother played it a lot on PC and yeah I just I loved how how like powerful she was. Yeah, I think that's a, a big testament to representation in media. So the people enjoying it and partaking in it, they can feel, oh, I, I belong. There's a place for me here, too. How about you, Kim Chica? Hmm, that's a tough one. What, it was kind of interesting because I was thinking back and like, I think your example of um, Dixie Kong's really good because once you mentioned Dixie I was like, oh yeah, I remember playing that on like the SNES and absolutely loving it that there was, even though it was like monkeys, I was just happy that there was like a woman there somehow or a girl, I don't know. Um, I think two characters that really resonated with me, and this was a little bit older, um, was one was Tifa because kind of in the same, I never got to play the Tomb Raider series when I was younger. So Tifa was kind of like my Laura Croft in the sense of like, so badass and like mm-hmm. amazing she could hold her own in battle and I thought that was so wonderful um and then a few years later uh Yuna from Final Fantasy 10 which I think is kind of a weird choice because she is admittedly a little bit annoying um <laughs> but um but what I loved about um Yuna in Final Fantasy 10 is that she was a really she was like 
essentially one of the leaders of the group. She had this mission. She was like the pivot point of what they had to do and the journey that they took. Um, and her strength was like, it was the first time I saw like femininity still be soft and considered strong in a lot of ways. And I thought that was really cool and like really opposite of what I had seen up until that point in games where women like typically were either super damsel in distress or like super raging badasses, which is great. But <laughs> it was nice to see because I, I tend to feel more soft-spoken or like not as aggressive, like aggressively a leader. And so it was really cool to see Yuna featured in that way. Yeah, because there there is strength in softness as well. There There's strength in being quiet and having a gentle nature. It's not weakness. Mm-hmm. What about you, MJ? So you stole mine of Lara Croft. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, of course, Lara Croft. Um, but I'll also say for, like, a secondary one, because I said my first, you know, full system that I actually owned and had in my house was the GameCube. Um, so the first Zelda game that I played was Wind Waker. Um, so Tetra from Wind Waker, I really liked. Um, although I will say with um, the softness note, I did kind of hate, especially coming back as like a grown up. I'm replaying it right now. I hate how the moment when it's like, oh, now I'm Zelda and I'm in a dress. It's like, oh, well, let's lock you in the basement. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the part where she's left behind on the adventure. Like mm-hmm. when she's like, Tetra, I'm a pirate. She's like out there on the seas, blasting stuff with cannons. And then as soon as, uh, you know, she has like the tiniest hint of fem- femininity, it's like, oh, hide her. Um, mm-hmm. So that part I don't like so much. But mm-hmm. other than that, I like Tetra. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of Ocarina of Time. And Big spoiler, the game's been out for 22 years, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. But when you're older, Link, when you're adult Link and Zelda is disguised as Sheik, no problem. Then she reveals herself to be the princess not that far away from Ganon's castle, and she gets entrapped in that crystal. <laughs> it's kind of like when Tetra is real to be Princess Zelda in Wind Waker, when mm. she's in her element. That's when she's most vulnerable. Oh. A dress, you must be weak. No. <laughs> exactly. No, it's hot and I don't feel like wearing pants. <laughs> I don't want to match two articles of clothing. <laughs> or I shaved last night. Dang it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what about you, Nelly? I- Any- <laughs> it's funny because you mentioned Laura Croft and you mentioned Sheik and I was going with those two. <laughs> Yeah. So. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You can you can expound <laughs> upon them. Don't don't feel bad. Um, I was also thinking Blaze from Streets of Rage, mm-hmm. even though I mean she was kind of revealing, but she was out there whipping, but right with the guy. So I, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. That that's a really good point because she was not portrayed as the one you had to worry about capturing. She was the one the enemies had to worry about. Exactly. <laughs> I remember any time I would play a fighting game and still to this day, I'd, I'd always pick the girls. I could always pick Chun-Li or Cammy. I'd pick uh, Orchid in Killer Instinct. I'd pick Sonya Blade and then Katana, Melina. Just, I, I just thought their aesthetic was so cool to me. And every now and then I'd play as the boys, but this did you guys ever do this or am I the only person on the planet who would do this whenever I was playing a game no matter what it was when I was little I would narrate my own story to it did 
You guys ever oh, do yeah. that? Yep. <laughs> okay, so you know what I'm talking. Okay, so yeah, like I'd be playing as uh, Ninja Warriors as Konoichi. I don't know if you guys ever played that one, the the red android ninja, and Mm-mm. she's kicking butt in Miami, and I'm just talking about making up a whole lore to her, her family, <laughs> her favorite food. I love it. <laughs> cool. And then my mom would walk in and be like, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> I'd say my favorite female fighter would be uh, Talon from Soul Calibur because she's pretty soft yeah. and intense. Oh, and yes. The wind. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the wind. <laughs> yes. Fighting she's games so did a fairly sweet. good job, other than the super revealing clothes on some of them, but that's fine. Um, you know, yeah. they, they all tended to be powerful because they had to be balanced fighters against the other characters. So, fighting games, I guess, had it kind of right. You weren't always having <laughs> yeah. to save somebody. Mm hmm. For any racing or fighting games that you guys would pick, would would you all tend to also gravitate towards the female characters? Yeah. Yes. Always. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, how, how did that make you feel? Was it because like, oh, there's someone like me? Kind of. Or did you like yeah. their moves? Yeah. Or... I mean, yeah, I'm not I even sure it was conscious. Yeah, it was just like, oh, she looks cool. <laughs> yeah, well, and I wanted to be cute. Like, I don't know. I, I want to be cute when I play a game. And to me, like, the guy characters weren't, like, they didn't look as good as the girl characters. And so I'm like, I want to look good when I do this. <laughs> yes, like, Guile, I don't like your haircut. Chung Lee has these cute little buns. Mm-hmm. I want them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh gosh, I love it. So what about, so we're going like from old games to new games. So how about gaming then and now? How has your approach to gaming or your choices and what games you want to play changed since you've started playing video games? If it's changed at all, do you go for different genres or the genres you used to like that for some reason you don't like anymore? Anybody, whoever wants to start. Uh, just I, like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I feel like I keep cutting you off. No, you're fine. Me, uh, personally, I didn't really gravitate to storytelling. When I was younger, I just knew I was having fun playing a game. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, I was like, oh, there's really more than just banging on the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> there's a story here <laughs> that you need to pay attention to. Um. Which again, that's why I like Detroit Become Human. I, I have mm-hmm. to go back to it. So, um, so you can't but, be very passive in that game, huh? Um, it's balanced. Okay. <laughs> Before I like spoil it or anything, yeah, it's a balance <laughs> there. But uh, there's games like Parappa the Rapper that I used to love. Really, there's no story there, but I, it was like a little cartoon, so mm-hmm. that caught my attention. But playing that compared to like playing something like Dying Light, which is another zombie game that I really like. Dying Light has like a whole story behind it rather mm-hmm. than, hey, keep up with the rhythm. <laughs> so, so it changes for me. So. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't, Parappa the Rapper. Did they ever remake that one? Or is it? I don't not? think so, but they should. I don't think so. Yes. Good, <laughs> or good um, Jenna Lammy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another female character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whoever wants to go next. I, I, I think I, I think I'd like to. Um, <laughs> so 
I guess as a kid, I probably played a lot more story-driven games, you know, like Zelda and things. Um, and I guess NES games are kind of like arcade-y. Um, so I didn't really think about it. But when I became a teenager, I got my Xbox 360 and started playing online with my guy friends. All of them were guy friends. I had, like, no girlfriends at the time. And played, like, Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, Left 4 Dead. Like, I, I guess I wanted to prove myself that I was a gamer and that I could keep up with the boys. Mm -hmm. So I played a lot of competitive things. And I did that pretty much up until maybe three years ago. Um, even as a streamer, when I first started out, I would, you know, FPS games. Like, I wanted to show everyone that I can keep up. Um, but then I started discovering indie games through the free games that Xbox and PlayStation would give you each month. And um, I started like enjoying these stories and these shorter narrative driven titles and then started really getting into, getting into indie games, um, which I guess led me to my job now, um, because you can have these short three hour to six hour games and experience an entire story, get the message and you can digest it way easier. You know, you're not having to keep up with people. Um, and I just, I. I feel more comfortable now playing those and, and embracing that without having to be like, oh, I can, I can get you know top of the leaderboard too. Um, I still mm -hmm. love to compete, but uh, that's how my games have kind of changed over over the course. That's cool though, and I think I think it happens to a lot of people too. I mean, that's that's life. You, you grow and you experience new things. All right. Okay. It's, it's between MJ and Kimshika. Who's going to get there first? Y'all going to do, um, what is Paper it? Scissors. Uh, yeah. Yes. Go I could it. not think of right. the name. Ready? Ready. <laughs> um, I was like, go for it. Okay. I'll go for it. Cause mine is going to be super quick. I really haven't changed taste that much. Um, to, to go against, I just haven't grown. <laughs> I'm oh, stagnant in my video gaming. No. So, but like, I just always gravitate toward, sci-fi fantasy and i always gravitate toward something third person or maybe you know that yeah that's about it um i would say the main thing that's changed is i'm less afraid of dying in the game <laughs> so like i used to be a really cautious gamer you know what i mean like scared to go around the corners kind of gamer for a really long time like going back to wind waker the forsaken fortress the first time when you don't have your sword was like my freaking nightmare it took me forever to beat that and then I went back through now and beat it in literally like a sitting of like, you know, on my lunch break. Right. <laughs> so I think that's the main difference for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of what, um, I think a lot of what B said kind of resonated with me because I'm very similar where I grew up, I played a lot of story driven games. Like I've always known that I narrative has come first for me with a lot of what I consume media wise. Um, and around like the Xbox 360 era, like when I was in high school and college, I like dabbled very cursory in like first person shooters and like a little bit of Halo and Left 4 Dead. And I just like, did it did not resonate with me. And so um, for a little bit, I actually had a like, it's not like a falling out with games, but a period of time where I was like, maybe like, I'm just not a gamer. Like maybe I just don't play games anymore. All the while still playing like Harvest Moon and Pokemon and like all of these other games that are absolutely games, but I just didn't feel like counted. Um, and then I also in, around that time or shortly after that discovered indies and the fact that like there is a whole world of games out there that address like 
different desires and goals in gaming. And I think that's something that's been really cool to see grow a lot over the years is the reasons why people play games is openly become a lot more diversified. And so because of that, like different reasons for playing it are more like considered acceptable um, or at least normalized. And so, uh, yeah, I think B and I had kind of similar journeys in that way. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, it's so cool to see the evolution of games from straight up platformers. So Mario, for example, all the platforming versions of that versus Paper Mario, which again is a platformer, but the dialogue in those games is outstanding. And there's some emotion to it beyond, you're not just jumping on Koopa Troopas, you're not just jumping on Goombas. There are story elements, there's wit, it has some more personality. So it's, it's really beautiful to see how far games have come. But also, like you said, Kim, we have the options with indie games to go back and enjoy those puzzle games, to have that escape if we just want that. Sometimes I, I'll think I want to play a heavy game and then I'm like, oh, Animal Crossing it is, I'm too tired. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this is probably the, a, the big premise of our panel. What about being a female gamer? Have you guys ever experienced any disconnect because of being a female gamer? Did you ever feel intimidated or embarrassed to talk about your pastime? Did it ever feel like a boys club or did you ever have any negative experiences that you're comfortable talking about? No, actually, I feel like video games bring everyone closer together. So I never really felt like it was just a boys thing. If anything, I've met some of the coolest guys <laughs> through gaming. So that I still communicate with. And uh, I went to PAX last year. Uh, PAX West and there was this guy standing there just playing Super Smash Bros and I go up I was like hey can I play with you he's like yeah cool and I'm like that's a big connection so yeah I never really felt left out or it, it was just a guy's thing that's that's good to hear that that's awesome do you guys have anything to share about your experiences I feel uh, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. You guys, now, now we're all like, let's go. <laughs> like, go. We timed it. It's cool. We planned that. <laughs> I was gonna say for me, it's 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 kind of like the, it mirrors the journey that I had with like my own sort of feelings as a gamer, I guess. Like growing up, I think when I was younger in elementary school in particular, I never felt like it was really a boys club because my brother and I, we played together and I never really played with a ton of other people besides him. So it wasn't something that I was super cognizant of. More than anything, it was just like, gaming is kind of nerdy. And until Pokemon happened when I was in like middle school or so, gaming just wasn't cool. So we just didn't talk about it because of that, um, which is funny because now it's like, that's not the case at all. Um, but I think when I started dabbling into online play, I, that's when I became more aware of the fact that in some spaces of games communities, like being a woman is definitely not something that's like celebrated or acknowledged positively. And so um, I think that's why for me, at least it's it has affected the games that I've chosen to play and the communities I choose to participate in primarily because just you hear things about certain communities I've experienced, you know, you get into voice chat and not nice things are said sometimes. And um, I think that has influenced 
some of what I choose to engage in with games. So there's like really, really positive spaces, but then there are those spaces that are absolutely still, I do think boys clubs and not welcoming to women or just any kind of like underrepresented group of people. I really hope we see that change in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. All right. You guys have to fight to the death now to give your answer. Yeah. Well, I'll just come because again, I'll be short because yeah. um, I have never been into online gaming at all. Um, because like, just to be frank, uh, and I feel like this is probably not a good thing to say on this panel, but like, I'm bad at video games. Like I enjoy them. I have a really good time playing them. But like, I'm not like a talented gamer. I like to button mash my way through a lot of like bad conflicts and whatever. So playing online against people that are like actually good at video games just never appealed to me. Um, but I will say like being a fan of video games, it's kind of like, and I think this is true in pretty much any fandom. It feels like there's like a gatekeeping mechanism where like, oh, well, you're a video game fan. Well, do you like this game? Well, like, no, but I like these other 12. So like, so what? <laughs> like, well, and like what you were saying with like, um, you didn't feel like Pokemon or like Harvest Moon or whatever counted yeah. as gaming. That's how I felt for a really long time because it was like, oh, well, you know, I don't play Halo, so I'm not a gamer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's really, I haven't dabbled too much in the online community. So thankfully I've, you know, missed a lot of the hate that I, that I know is out there for, for some of the female gamers. What about you, Bea? So growing up, I was homeschooled. So me and my brother played a lot of games. So I never had the like peer group that would put it down. So I don't know if that had anything to do with like, um, I don't know, maybe my perception of it, it's only for boys. But in middle school, um, we had a lot of public school friends, my brother's buddies and stuff. And I wanted to make sure I knew more than them. And that I was a better gamer than everybody else. <laughs> so I spent I a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of time reading like you know Game Informer and and uh, like the, the Nintendo magazine and and watching G4. And anytime I hung out with them, I had to like drop stats and stuff. You guys know what the new PlayStation 2's got on it, right? You know, and you're like, <laughs> how do you know that stuff? Um, I, I don't feel like they ever quite let me into the group. I mean, they let me play like RuneScape with them and things, but they also were kind of. I don't know, confused that a girl was into gaming because, you know, middle school boys. Um, <laughs> after that, though, I ended up uh, meeting half of my friends. <laughs> I met a bunch of friends, like, playing Call of Duty online. And then I met them later in person. Like, I, like, gamed with them. But I was the only girl allowed on the group. Um, and anytime we play Modern Warfare 2, if there was another girl in the lobby, they would be like, our girl's going to beat your girl. And there was, like, all this, like like tension and like competition <laughs> if there was another girl mm. in the in the chat and then i i guess with call of duty you dealt with a lot of trash talk and i just thought oh it's just normal um i you know everyone's get back in the kitchen oh my god there's a girl in the lobby a lot of rude comments um people assuming like saying really mean things about you know oh i bet you're i bet you're fat and like things like that like really kind of harsh um things but i was just like well that's just trash talk um but yeah so yeah gaming gaming as a as a girl in those spaces was different um people would underestimate you though so i kind of like to be an underestimated because i'd go mm -hmm. to like 
competitions in my town and like wipe the floor with kids. But wow. um, yeah, but nobody wanted to be on my team. I had to like convince someone to like game with me on my team. They're like, no, I'm gonna pick my bro over here. And then, you know, my scores would be higher. And I'm like, see? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, I tried to warn you. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Now I feel like it's not as bad as it used to be. And I mean, Twitter will probably sometimes show you differently, but um, I think it's a lot more accepting now. There's a lot more girls in the space. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't gotten into online gaming either. So I, I would just hear the rumblings of what exactly what you and Kim had said. And that kind of terrified me. And sometimes I'm a little afraid to admit I haven't played every Resident Evil game, but I, I read up on the lore and I, I love it. And sometimes I think, OK, well, does that not make me a true fan or the elitist going to come out? And then I think, you know what? I'm doing this for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not for anyone else. Yep. Games are meant to be fun. And whatever you take away from it, if you play Harvest Moon, if you play Pokemon and something happens in there that makes you cry, like in A Wonderful Life for GameCube after one year when the old lady passes away, <laughs> like that touched me, <laughs> then that's that's good. It's It's kind of like people who are like, I'm going to finish this book in one reading well, congratulations, the person who took two months to finish it because they had other stuff going on that didn't invalidate their experience or make them less of a person. You know, it's not, it's mm. not a competition. They need to, we need to be celebrated. And I think people have far more in common than not if they open their hearts and open their minds. I think that would be a big help. Thank you all for sharing your experiences, especially with the discomfort. I hope again, that in our lifetime, people are more accepting and we can all just play games for what they are, games. Exactly. Fun. Well, let's, uh, this is a positive aspect. What would you like people to know about gaming and its influence? Do you think it can make people better? I, I think it can. I think experiencing, especially the narrative driven games that have really like deep meanings of things maybe you wouldn't normally experience. Um, you, you get these these stories that you because when you play a game you're you're in it you, you're the character you're you're touching the game right and mm -hmm. I think that the story and the meanings and stuff can stick a little bit more because you're you're doing it mm -hmm. it's more concrete it, it feels more palpable <laughs> you're like yeah. an active player and that's why I always like just as a side note why I think so many like movies based on video games fail because it's like you're mm -hmm. taking an element out i used mm -hmm. to be able to be a part of this and now i'm just watching you know um but yeah i agree totally it's like a way to step into somebody else's shoes and not just like and i say this as a great lover of books <laughs> mm -hmm. but not just like read their experience and like observe it but literally like live it you get to like be a part of it swing the sword pull the trigger whatever the case you know maybe it's a lot more I feel like it makes it a lot more tangible. Um, but then also, I think it's just like a really underrated way to like spend an evening together with people. You know what I mean? Like you could sit watching TV side by side, you know, with your spouse all night and not talk to them, which is fine a lot of times. Or, you know, you could sit playing a game together or like with you playing and them watching or the other way around and like, oh, you blow up that wall. It looks like you could blow it up. I mean, it's just like a really, you know, collaborative way to, to spend time with someone without 
I don't know. I don't know. Well, still relaxing. So yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree with, I mean, I don't have too much more to add because I think you, you both covered it for for what I was going to say. Um, just being able to immerse yourself in different worlds and different perspectives. Um, and it's really cool because with the, just like the wider variety of games and the people making games, uh, telling just even more stories, I think that's just going to get more exciting as, as we continue in the industry. I, I love the platforms available for people now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. What about you, Nelly? Yeah, I feel that video games are bringing people closer together. So I feel like there's something out there for everyone to enjoy as far as adventure, uh, horror. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, there's still so much to name. My mom, who is not a gamer, she likes racing games. So <laughs> again, there's still something out there for everyone and i also feel and this might not be appropriate uh uh video games don't promote violence i just want to throw that out there <laughs> no I, I agree that's that's been studied so many times i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> what about people in the middle ages who were watching public executions right. like, this is not new to humanity we have always done stuff like this guys but now it's fake right so i can do it and i feel guilty because i wouldn't yeah. do nothing like that in real life right. no and I, I don't i don't believe in censorship like september is banned books month and i'm a big proponent of not banning books i don't like banning ideas the good the bad the ugly let it out there we gotta learn got to be exposed so you can grow as a person and it, that's with video games too I'm, I'm kind of amazed at some of the video games my parents let me play when I was a kid but I, I, that's just some part of our stories well thank you all so much for joining us this evening and I enjoy getting to meet all of you guys I, I know MJ we're we're partners in crime with another Zelda podcast and <laughs> I, I really enjoy just talking about video games and your experiences you you all provided such eloquent comments and such great insight and I think listeners are going to really appreciate that so if there's anything you'd like to add if there if you'd like to share any of your social media accounts if you're interested in people following you please um please go ahead uh Nelly is there any way that people can reach you if you're interested uh you could catch me on twitch at Ratface underscore 87 or on Twitter as Planet Nelly. Nelly with an three L L I E. Awesome. B U? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at B U H Q um, and now on Twitch at B U TV. <laughs> I'll be starting that soon. But I would love if you all would check out White Farm Games, the company I work for we specialize in comfy cozy low stress indie games lots of narrative driven so i think i think if you all enjoyed the podcast you'll probably find some games in there that you'd like um but thank you so much for having me on today this was so wonderful i thank you so much mallory um yeah so i'm pretty much mostly on twitter um you can find me on there at mj underscore kuhn k-u-h-n um and then Facebook, the dinosaur of social medias, <laughs> uh, at MJ Kuhn Books, all one word. If you want to follow my author page, that's where that's at. Awesome. And Kim Chica? 
you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash kimchika and on Twitter at kimchika25 because someone, I, I think it might have been me actually. And I like severely locked myself out of the account that I created oh, no. and Twitter has not gotten back to me about it, unfortunately. Um but yeah, Twitter is kimchika25. And um, like BU, I also work at an indie studio. So um, if you wanted to check out Rose City Games, we have a couple of really cute games coming out uh, in the future. And one's called Garden Story about a grape that's just like trying to do kind deeds and help their neighborhood. And yeah. the other is Floppy Nights, where you, you basically um, help out your village by doing battles with knights from floppy disks. So uh, yeah, check those out if you like indie games as well as Whitethorn Digital. I think we need to do another podcast about cute games. Yes. I <laughs> about wholesome games. That's like a whole different soapbox for me. Oh, yeah. we can even throw in those Barbie games we used to play. With yes. kids. I don't oh mind. Barbie magic hairstyler, please. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you all so much. Uh, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for putting up with me as my first time hosting. You did such a great job. Thank you. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. It's all because of you guys. You you guys have helped to encourage a great community. And I hope people are inspired by you and your drive, especially the upcoming generation and younger, especially those girls. So thank you all so much. And guys, uh, oh, thank you. I'm at Fairy Crypt (laughs) on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also follow Bosch Wish Games podcast on Twitter as well. And Corey, if you want to pop in and plug anything for Bosch Rush Games. Oh, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at I am Corey HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Corey HD. And uh, you can find all of our content on bossrushgames.com. Also, one thing before we get out of here, I do want to say thank you guys for coming on. This was uh, really awesome, really important. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, your guys' voices could be heard. And, uh, you know, I think I think these types of shows are important. And I just want to thank you for coming on. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.